Welcome to the Tree Leaf Zendo podcast. Tree Leaf is a Soto Zen Sangha available anytime, anywhere at treeleaf.org. Come sit with us. Well, lovely. Happy New Year, everyone. Remember that we're speeding through the universe. Uh, I forget exactly how fast, but what is it? Uh, over uh, 100,000 miles, uh, kilometers an hour or something like that. It's spinning and turning. And uh, life is always changing. So we always say, Happy new this moment. But it's not always happy, so we say, well, at least stay peaceful and content just this moment. And uh, we also remember that there's something in all this beyond time altogether. It's the same as when we have birthdays around the Sangha. I wish everyone a happy non-birthday. Because uh, remember, yes, part of us is getting older, but part of us is just the whole spinning and turning going round beyond time. So we all have that going for us. So happy non-New Year, everybody. Happy non-New Year. Now, uh, non-New Year is always a time for various uh, resolutions. Mine is to get back to the gym. I'm still doing my exercise bike in the house uh, for uh, an hour and a half every day. Watching half a star, or, or watching, uh, I'm watching all the Star Wars series, including all the TV shows on the exercise bike. That is what I've been doing this winter vacation. But I got to get back to the gym. So as soon as uh, this uh, little thing in the news lifts a little bit, uh, I'll be heading back to the gym, that is for sure. And uh, my gift for my kids was a, a cheap knockoff Fender electric guitar. And thanks to our member Sation. Uh, I've been introduced to some online guitar lessons. So be assured that before this year is out, I will subject you to a Jundo live at the Budokan. Get it? Jake, Jake swears that he can take my voice and guitar and turn it into, I don't know, somewhere between uh, Bob Dylan and Pavarotti. But we'll, I'll leave that to Jake when I'm done. Anyway, it's a time for new things, and one of the new things is uh, discoveries. Uh, I was looking for something fitting to read for the new year, and I came across uh, a series of translations uh, by Okamura-sensei of uh, a Zen ancestor, very close to Dogen, who I must tell you, I knew nothing about. I mean, I knew the name, but I didn't realize that there were any translated writings out there. I don't know when Okamura-roshi did this. And uh, I found some other uh, poems by him in French, which you'll hear in a second. Google AI did an amazing job. I did not have to change one word of these poems. I don't know if the poems are right, because I don't speak uh, much French or any French, but uh, uh, you'll hear them in a moment. But uh, 
This ancestor's name is Daichi Soke Zenji, and he lived um, from the year 1290 to 1366 uh, on the measurable scale of time. And uh, he was actually, uh, he's not a direct ancestor in our lineage because we split off at Kazan. You know, there was Dogen and then uh, the other uh, traditional founder of Soto Zen in Japan is Kazan. And then from there, we went to Gassen Joseki and then so, uh, oh, I, I, I'm sorry, Me Meho Sotets. And uh, he's on the Meho Sotets sign and we're on the Gassen Joseki sign for everyone who's keeping score here, okay? Uh, but uh, he is uh, wonderful. And uh, it turns out that he's noted as a great poet. And we're gonna read some of his poems today. And uh, I looked up a little on him. Steve Hine, uh, the historian of Buddhism and friend of our Sangha, wrote a little about him and said that uh, Daichi Zenji was actually one of the few really well-received Soto Zen poets back in the day. And the reason is, you see, the Rinzai folks were hobnobbing with the elite in the capital, you know, doing the, you know, with, there, there were the aristocracy there in Kyoto and maybe Kamakura. They're doing their tea ceremony, you know, I'm putting my finger up here. And they're, uh, they're, they're, how to say, they're blue states Zen. I don't mean to get, I'm not getting political. I'm just trying to give you a feel for this. So they're, they're doing their calligraphy and writing their poems, drinking their tea. And we're out, we're the, what we're called, uh, the Soto guys, farmers Zen. Okay, we're out in the country, the rest of Japan, the real Japan. Okay, the Japan of bowling alleys and soccer moms. Okay, we're out there with the people. Right. So uh, but uh, apparently uh, Daichi Zenji was recognized as also even amongst the elite. He was recognized as a great poet. We're going to read some of his poems today. The first one is about New Year. And this is not the A.I. This is Okamura Roshi. Daiichi Zenji's verse entitled Gantan, which in Japanese means New Year's Day. If someone asked me, what is the Buddha Dharma of New Year? I would open my mouth and say, there are no words to tell you. When the new year comes, the true face of spring is revealed everywhere around us. Look at the December plum, newly blooming because the spring winds have blown. Nothing is hidden, no need to speak in words. Except, of course, now I, I have to say something. So, uh, you notice here, uh, the only thing I want to add to this is remember that the, the calendar back then was what we call now the Chinese New Year was the New Year, which uh, I have to remember what it is. I believe it's late February this year. So when he said, actually, 
spring is right here. It, it really was getting close because they're on the cusp of March. But even here, you know, again, he's talking about the timeless. So even here in December, that is December. Yes, the spring is here in the bitter cold. So just remember that. But um, there were these other poems by Sotets. Uh, I'm sorry, by Daichi. Uh, and this is, these are the ones that were uh, translated from the French by my computer. So let's see how they did. Now, I was going to, uh, first I will read them to you in French. Nous sommes et bins et Actually, I don't speak French, so that's, uh, that's just a joke. But if we do have any French speakers here, and I know we do, Please uh, actually look at what I posted and, and see if uh, how the AI did. I think it did very well. The first poem. Non-sentient beings hear it. The wind sows disorder in the cold forest as the leaves invade the garden. Even though no one is there, the perimeter wall has ears. Stone lanterns and columns, please don't raise your voice for a little while. I'm, I'm really pouring gravy on uh, an ice cream sundae here. But uh, this was called Uso uh, Seppo, uh, which is based on uh, the fact that uh, Daichi was a great Shobo Genzo fan, apparently. And it's from uh, Master Dogen's writings that uh, non-sentient beings preach the Dharma. This is what we get when we sometimes say, what do we mean non-sentient beings? I mean, they're, they're alive, are they conscious? They're not any separate from us, you know. So we are them, they are us, as much as the hair on your head, as much as this hat, the mysterious hat on my head. Um, so yes, the garden hears it, the wall hears it. The perimeter wall has ears. The stone lanterns and columns raise their voices. Here's another one. Burning incense. I sit under an old pine tree. The wind blows, and the cold dew soaks my monk's robe. One day, I got up from the Zafu and went down to the Blue Valley. As I left, in the bottle, I drew the morning moon out of the current.
Now that last line, uh, I didn't know if, if I could trust the AI, but I think from what I see, it's uh, pretty good. And um, again, Daichi was a big fan of Master Dogen and the image that comes to mind is, you know, the moon of enlightenment. Sometimes we say, don't, you see all my words now, the finger pointing at the moon, but they're not the moon itself. And you hear those Rinzai people with their highfalutin city stuff often say, you know, oh, no words, it's all the, the moon. You know, and then they write poems about it, which made me think about that person, all right? Um, but uh, Master Dogen always said, oh no, you know, the moon is, is pointing back at us and is in e every fingertip. And the moon is shining, if you imagine on the, on the, the sea, in every ripple of the waves, there are countless moons. The moon is fully contained in every ripple and every dewdrop on the blades of grass, which is all the things of the world, including you and me. And the things that sometimes we, we don't wish, but the moon is held in every dewdrop on the tip of every blade of grass, you see. So I think when it, what he's saying here in the, uh, and Koku, forgive me for explaining poetry. I, I'm such a, a plebeian, but uh, I believe he's saying that when he took the water for his trip, you know, the moon was reflected in the water and somehow he took the water into his jar, into his canteen, and now the moon was contained in that. And I guess when you drink it, the moon is contained in us, something like that. So, something like that. Okay. So, um, the other writing that Daichi Zenji uh, wrote that uh, is so wonderful that I had never encountered before. Uh, is uh, apparently some instructions for lay folks who want to go stay in a monastery for a while with the monks and practice alongside them. And uh, it's so wonderful that this may become part of our uh, Rohats retreat uh, preparations uh, next time. Uh, note to self. Secretary, if I forget, remind me. Uh, but uh, I think I will remember. Now, the reason I like to read these old instructions from near the time of Dogen is this. You know, sometimes people, shall we say, debate or disagree on the meaning of Zazen. We had, we had that a couple of times this week in the, in the um, uh, forum when someone posted a, a modern uh, Soto teacher who was giving a an interpretation of Shikantaza, I, I just couldn't, I didn't think it was complete. And then he said, but you know, I, that's, I'm sorry, I kind of reject that and I'm advocating this other practice, which was a kind of more concentrated uh, practice. And, and people say, uh, oh, Dogen, you know, was a, actually reflected on koans. We don't find it in his writings, but that's actually what he was doing. All kinds of things. I mean, that's fine. Everyone to their own practice. Don't get me wrong. 
don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that my way or the highway. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it has to be Dogen's way. But the reason that this is wonderful is when you get these old teachers who were very close to the time of Dogen, you can actually get a sense. Maybe what they were actually teaching back there is very much what we're practicing. And this is another example. So probably I'm going to bring this up from time to time because it's another very near to Dogen um, teaching. He, this fellow lived uh, uh, within uh, decades of Dogen's life and knew that people, his teacher was actually one of Dogen's disciples, direct disciples. So we can think that this may be fairly faithful to what Dogen was teaching about Zazen. So let me read it and see if anything sounds familiar. <clears throat> Even though the new year is for doing new things, by the way, we also take new years as a traditional time to follow our traditions. So it's the new and the old. So here's a little touch of the old. What the Buddhas and ancestors have been properly transmitting is nothing but sitting. When you hit, when you sit, hold your hands in the Hokai Joy, the Zazen Mudra. Check, that's what we do. Cross your legs, keep your body upright without leaning. Okay, this is where I put in the asterisk and say, if you are physically able, a chair is fine, says a bench or reclining. But he means ideally, if you're in the monastery with the monks, keep your body upright without leaning. Do not think of anything. Do not be concerned with anything. Not even Buddha Dharma. This is beyond Buddha, much less it is beyond the cycle of life and death, beyond time. Once you have thrown yourself into the ocean of the vows of the Buddhas, just conduct yourself with the demeanor, demeanor of the Buddhas and forgo attachment to your own body. I found that this phrase really resonated with me. Throw yourself into the ocean of the vows of the Buddhas. You know, we, we sometimes... Uh, talk about whether there's some common point with the so-called pure land Buddhism, which is called the other power. You know, uh, many people believe in uh, Amida Buddha, and they, they, they chant uh, Amidabuts, 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 who is very much like a Messiah figure, who upon death will take folks to the pure land. But there was a lot of common ground sometimes with Zen folks who would say, for example, oh, you know, the pure land is actually within us when we're sitting 
Zazen. And Amida Buddha is just another name for that which is nameless. But um, sometimes we say that we're self-powered. By sitting Zazen, we're actually turning within ourselves to find the wisdom within us. And we contrast that with the Pure Land folks who are other power. Because they're letting Amida and trusting in the universe to take the driver's seat. You see. So which is our practice? Oh, you know, that's a false distinction if you ask me. Let me tell you why. Um, when we're sitting Zazen, we're not only trusting that this is within us. We're trusting the universe to do its thing. This great dance is in the driver's seat and we are just passengers. Um, I, I most personally experienced this three years ago, uh, just these past weeks, I was in the uh, uh, hospital for my uh, big uh, cancer operation where I felt like uh, a horse had kicked me in the front and a donkey in the back. And uh, I was in bed doing my best to sit a little zazen between the, the calling the nurse and the, and the moaning, right? But you know what happened? I was too weak to do much. But something came over me, which was just trusting that the universe is doing its thing. And uh, I trusted it. Now, does that thing always go the way we want? Sometimes it did, I got better, but sometimes as you can tell from the news that universe doesn't always do what we personally want. But nonetheless, we trust the dance, we trust the, the Buddhas, whatever you want to call it. Some people call it God. No, I don't care. It's just, these are just names. To be doing its thing. And we yield to it. And we jump in and we flow with it. And we give ourselves into it. And our Zazen is an expression of that too. So we have thrown ourselves into the ocean of the vows of the Buddha. The vows of the Buddha is to just like our vows, save all sentient beings. That doesn't necessarily mean save them in the way we think. It means save them by showing them the freedom that's somehow greater than all this. And so we throw ourselves in Zazen, we throw ourselves into the Zazen, we throw ourselves into the universe because there's no self to throw. And let it carry us where it will because it's going to do that anyway. And somehow we know it's okay. And yet here in life, we try to carry ourselves with the demeanor of the Buddhas while we're living, avoiding the greed, the anger, the excess uh, jealousy and division, right? We try to act like Buddha in this life as best we can. even though sometimes we fail. So that's how I took these lines. By the way, uh, this year is not going 
already, as uh, many of us might wish, looking at the news this morning. What you thought 2020 was over and it was like, oh, it's 2021, we're in the clear. I mean, uh, who thought a little bit like it was gonna be like that, just, or entertained it? Well, let me tell you something. One of the great things about change is that uh, I fear that, I feel, not fear, I feel that uh, after the darkness, light does come. And while it's not going to be a sudden leap, this year is bound to get better. There will be healing. This will be a year, the theme I'm predicting, the theme of this year will be recovery and healing. And we're there. We're just at the start. So don't give up hope. But it doesn't always go as we wish. So sometimes we just have to yield. And this is a time too. Yes, you know, keep washing your hands and wearing your mask, but also let's trust the vow of the Buddha to just carry us where it will. All right, All right anyway, back to um, Daichi. When doing Zazen, cast off thoughts of both the Buddha ancestors and of good or bad in the secular world. We, we sit in great equanimity, even with those parts of life in the world, the secular world that are so hard to take. Uh, but when we're sitting, we sit beyond good and bad, our preferences and the things we re reject justice and injustice, war and peace. We sit beyond all that while we're sitting. Afterwards, of course, we get back to the world and we try to avoid the war and we try to live in peace. We try to avoid the bad and we try to take the good. We try to avoid the sickness. We try to stay healthy as much as we can. But while we're sitting, says Daichi Zenji, Cast off thoughts of both the Buddha ancestors and of good or bad in the secular world. Being free from thought and activity is called Zazen. This is all also called Zanmai O Zanmai, the king of Samadhis. This is also uh, something that Dogen wrote in Shobogenzo that Daichi Zenji cherished. Dogen spoke of the king of samadhis, the samadhi that is the king of samadhis. And again, what I think some people uh, confuse about that sometimes is that the word samadhi in many corners of Buddhism and actually other uh, Asian religions too, such as uh, some of the yoga practices, means a deep, 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 deep concentration or a rejection of the world in which one goes to some kind of uh, consciousness or oneness experience of bliss, something like that, which one is beyond this world 
And the Buddha is said to have been uh, in his, uh, before he was the Buddha, is said to have practiced a deep, 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 deep concentration states in which he could go into a profound samadhi. And it's said that at his deathbed, when he was very, very sick, they didn't have anesthesia back in those days. He practiced it again. He would go into deep, deep, deep samadhi to avoid the pain. That's uh, a, some quotes from him in his, that uh, of uh, when he was about in his 80s and very sick. But Master Dogen, in most of uh, Shoko Genzo uh, writings, I don't, and uh, Shikantaza, doesn't necessarily mean that kind of deep, 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 deep concentrated samadhi. Um, our encounter with the world in Shikantaza is not to run away. That's why we keep our eyes open during Zazen. But neither do we uh, run towards it. So I sometimes might describe shikantaza, you know, we're, we're not clutching the thoughts. We're letting the thoughts go and we're sitting in equanimity. And perhaps we're, we're following the breath a bit or we're in open awareness, but it's kind of a, a light samadhi, a light concentration in which the mind is simple. And the hard borders between ourselves and the rest of the world, including the things out there that we don't like. The hard borders between ourselves and the outside world soften so that outside flows in and inside flows out without conflict. But we're not escaping the world to some one, one, one consciousness of bliss somewhere else. In we're here, present, but not separate. Now, sometimes even our shikantaza does become deep, 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 deep. And it was Anya, thank you, Anya, who posted one of uh, a quote from uh, Rinzai, Master Rinzai, Linji, uh, who probably footnote, back in the day, practiced uh, meditation that was more like shikantaza or silent illumination back in the day. But that quote, like many other uh, quotes from the day, talks about zazen that sometimes is more outside us and sometimes is more inside us and sometimes is the permeating of inside and outside and sometimes inside and outside fully drop away. And that is our Zazen experience. Sometimes the hard border between self and other softens. Sometimes there's the world and us becomes very small. Sometimes we expand to fill the whole world and there is nothing outside us. And sometimes it all drops away. But if you're sitting with a soft concentration, not tangled in thoughts, and with deep equanimity, in which the hard friction between yourself and the world seems to evaporate, 
and the world and you don't seem so separate anymore. That's shikantasa too. You don't have to be in some deep, 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 deep samadhi to realize the samadhi of all samadhis. So don't worry if uh, you're sitting there and you're not in some kind of wondrous state. But, you know, if you sit long enough, like, uh, it'll happen sometimes, I tell you. Anyway. So continuing with uh, Daichi Zenji. Sitting Zazen for even a little while is the primary practice which goes beyond the pinnacle of Buddhahood. The karma of life and death is exhausted, enabling entry into the rank of the Buddha ancestors. As I often say, sitting Zazen, we must sit with faith in the bones that sitting Zazen is Buddha sitting. We don't think about it, like he says, don't think about the Buddhas, but just when you're sitting, Buddha, or whatever you want to call it, call it Stanley, I don't care. Call it emptiness, call it the universe, call it God, call it, uh, in French we say, je ne sais quoi. Here's my friend. Uh, it's this Zazen. Okay. All right, anyway, so uh, that's apparently uh, Zazen, but you have other things to do in the monastery when you're visiting. So at the end of the hour of the rabbit, 5 a.m., have gruel for breakfast. At this point, give up the mind of Zazen. Concentrate on eating gruel. Now, uh, this is the teaching that when you're sitting Zazen, sitting, so you sit Zazen. When you get up and it's time to eat, just eat. Now, that is also Zazen in its big meaning. But what he's saying is, don't you know, try to keep the, the mind of Zazen. You're not sitting Zazen now, you're eating. But of course, we're eating, of course, with the, the same equanimity. You're going to hear him say to, 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 to eat beyond likes and dislikes, right? And still, we try not to get tangled in thoughts. But when you're eating, just eating, uh, another Jundo footnote, if I may. People come all the time and they say, oh, so the point of Zazen is to be like this 24-7, 365. I can't. If you can, good for you. But my life is too busy, folks. I cannot be mindful. When I like to say it, when multitasking, just multitask. <laughs> be in the moment, even if the moment is having to do five things at once. Okay, and I, I'm going to tell you, I've known enough Zen monks to know that they're not always doing one thing at one time. Here's the, the trick, though. It's, a, it's something to be able to do sometimes, especially when you want to. So there are moments in my busy day, suddenly I'll see a blade of grass and go, oh, stop everything else. Blade of grass time. Just look. Just look. Or I'm playing with my kids. Last, my, my daughter, she's 10, she says, I can stay up late after midnight, let's play cards. So last night, 
12 o'clock at midnight, she's got to be playing Trump. Uh, you know, that's what actually Trump is what we, that's not a political comment. Trump is the word in Japan for playing cards. Anyway, I, I should, I need to, I have to put a footnote down for that. Uh, we've just played uh, gin rummy. So uh, I'm playing gin rummy. What was the point? It completely went out of my head. But uh, just, oh, I'm with my child. Just be with the child. Don't think I have to be in bed for Zazen. Don't think about uh, the political situation. Just play with your child. So it's a good skill, but it doesn't mean I think that the point is to be like this all the time. However, when you're practicing in the monastery with the monks for that week of Sashin, yes, try to do it as much as possible. When eating, just eat. When sweeping, just sweep. When sleeping, just sleep. Like that. When peeing, just pee. Pardon my French. There's more French. You got it? Okay. So, uh, at this point, give up the mind of Zazen. Concentrate on eating gruel. Reflecting on the six perfections. Tasting the six flavors. Bitter, sour, sweet, hot, salty, and moderate. Just Taste it. Just taste. And chanting the 10 benefits of eating gruel. You know, we do Oriochi, and before we we chant, we say, thank you for this. It supports my practice. Thank you to all the people who contributed to this food coming. You know, that we do. We, we feel gratitude for this food. We taste the food. Just eat the food. This is our Oriochi practice. Don't do Zazen at that time. Oriochi at Oriochi time. Eating at eating time. Do not think of anything good, much less anything evil. Uh, when I was in the monastery retreat, sometimes they they bring out a delicious cake in the middle of a cream cake in the middle of a session. Oh, I love cake, blah, blah, blah. And then they bring out some bitter vegetables. Oh, I hate the bitter vegetables. No, 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 no. The cake goes in and burns in the mouth like a furnace, the Zen monks say. The bitter vegetables go in and burn up in the mouth like a furnace, beyond likes and dislikes. It's just medicine to nurture our practice. When you have breakfast, just attend fully to the gruel with both body and mind, and do not be concerned with zazen or any other activity. This is called clarifying the time of gruel and realizing and he uses the word here, satori, which again doesn't mean like those highfalutin rinzai folks talk about, oh, satori. It means eating your breakfast. If you just realize that eating your breakfast and you with the bitter and the sweet are not separate. Satori is just a Japanese verb that means to realize. This is a time of clarify. This is clarifying the time of gruel and realizing the mind of gruel. You know, gruel. Uh, maybe in our non-native speakers just means rice porridge. You know, like uh, oat oat porridge, rice porridge, simple breakfast. At this time, you have a pure realization of the mind of the Buddha ancestors. Okay. Now we're done with breakfast, and we wash our dish. And now it is the hour of the dragon. Now this is the year of the cow or the ox, but also the hours of the day in the Chinese uh, calendar, you know, were divided into these animals. Uh, 
So the hour of the dragon, I believe, is 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. What time is it now? Oh, well, somewhere it's the hour of the dragon. In the hour of the dragon, if all is still dark, practice as if it were the hour of the rabbit. All right, guys? Practice as if it's still the hour of the rabbit. The point of sutra chanting is just to hold the sutra book with both hands and to chant wholeheartedly. Again, some people say, I don't like the chanting. I'm not into the chanting stuff, or I don't get it. No, 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 no. Again, beyond likes and dislikes, just do this wholeheartedly, as if that was what you were to do right then, because it is what you are to do right then. Doesn't matter what you like or don't like. Chant. And then maybe, note this, then maybe you will understand what the sutra is about. Okay. So hold the sutra book with both hands and chant wholeheartedly, forgetting both zazen and the meal. Meal's gone, zazen's gone. Now chanting and chanting time. Do not pay attention to anything else. This is called realizing and clarifying the chanting of the sutras. At the very time, at that very time, the karma of life and death is exhausted, and you will enter the rank of the Buddha and ancestors. When he says, uh, at that time, the karma of life and death is exhausted. Life and death is this world of change, this world of time. Time is change, right? So when karma is exhausted, the time of sutra chanting is the timeless of sutra chanting. It exhausts this world of life and death and leaps beyond to some, well, that's not to say too much. After the practice of chanting, rest for a while. Even a, a monk needs a, a little bit of time to himself. But, says Daichi Zenji, when you rest, be careful not to, speak, to think or speak of meaningless world affairs. You see, even back then they had meaningless world affairs. We call it Facebook. Now, again, I'm saying, when in the monastery, be like this, all right? I'm not going to say that at other times, even a monk will talk of world affairs. Just don't get tangled in it at other times. But when you're in the monastery, put down the phone and the screens, except if you're a tree leaf, this, this one screen is allowed. And... Uh, even in your rest times, do not think or speak of meaningless world affairs. Okay, so you see, I've, I've done it again and just spoken and spoken. So uh, one last poem, uh, also translated by the artificial intelligence that uh, I think uh, says it much better than I can because it tells me to shut up. Daichi Zenji. 
If anyone asks what real Zen is, you don't have to open your mouth to explain it. Just expose all aspects of your posture in Zazen. Then the spring wind will blow and make the marvelous plum blossom close. Spring and the warmth and the light, I will add. Spring is coming soon. Don't let the winter fool you. Okay, um, and again, my apologies to uh, Chris and my friends, uh, Onkai in uh, Australia. Uh, I know you actually are. It's the warm season there, uh, and you have to put up with us in the summer when we're going to have our short pants and T-shirt days here, and uh, you can wear the wool cap. I'll send it to you. Okay. By the way, um, Shonen, did you send me the wool cap? My apologies. Uh, eh, this will be a mystery. We will solve this mystery of the wool cap. Thank you for joining us for the Tree Leaf Zendo podcast. Tree Leaf is an online practice place for people who cannot easily attend a Zen center due to health, location, work, childcare, or family needs. We provide netcast Zazen, retreats, discussion, Jukai, the support of fellow practitioners, interaction with a teacher, and all other activities of a Zen Buddhist Sangha, all fully online, accessible anytime, anywhere, without charge. Come build the future of online Zen community and practice.